Alright, is this thing on? Y'all hear me? Great. Alright, my notes are here. I was back there kind of sweating and thinking, God, did I leave my notes at home? And it's going to be awkward to have to like, cancel church. Um, so, so happy to be here. I am. I want to just take this time to say that I love your guys' pastor, Matt. He is a friend of mine. He, me and him, we meet on a regular basis just to pray and visit with each other about what's going on. He has a heart for this community and for you guys. He loves you guys. He told me a story last time we met on... I think it was Friday two weeks ago that um, he was so moved by a new couple coming to visit your church and feeling like that they may stay here that he, he began to, to cry to weep over this it just moved my heart to see him so excited to have a new couple visiting his church and so he loves you guys y'all are well taken care of and loved very well by Matt and so um, I'm, I'm humbled I'm honored to be here to that he would ask me to come and, and um, share with his congregation I take it very seriously and <clears throat> I'm very honored to be here so it's so good to see all you guys like I feel like the church has grown since the last time I was here a, a year ago and love to see the different um, people I love to see the the Spanish uh, language upon your 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 songboard it's beautiful I love it so I'm going to be talking to you today out of Luke chapter 10 if you have a Bible uh, open it up <coughs> I'm going to go ahead and apologize up front. I do have a little scratchy voice and, and, and cough, and so I apologize for that. But I couldn't bail on Matt last minute, so here we are. I'm going to pray. Lord, I pray that um, you would be with me this morning. Would you just begin to soften hearts God would you open ears to hear your word preached God I pray that you would um, make my words salty to listeners God I pray that you would soften hearts and just deposit the seed of your gospel I pray for changed lives I pray that God you would begin a work even now God, use your scripture. God, use me as a conduit to teach and make your people more like Christ. I pray in Jesus' name. <coughs> Amen. Luke 10, starting in verse 25. Uh, hey, Bennett, could you bring me my phone, please? Starting in verse 25, thanks. Not texting, I'm uh, setting a timer. 
so that we can get out of here to get something to eat. I don't, I don't plan on staying up here long. I'm not comfortable up here because I don't do this often, but <clears throat> here we go. So Luke 10, verse 25. This is a parable of the Good Samaritan. As I go and read, I want you to pay attention to the questions that get asked and the answers that are given to the two parties in this in this text. It's between uh, a lawyer in the time of Jesus and Jesus himself. And so, again, pay attention to the questions and the answers. We're going to be talking about those. Starting in verse 25, here we go. And behold, a lawyer stood up, put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, The lawyer. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, the lawyer, that is, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied with this parable, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. When he set him, or then he set him on his own animal, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. <clears throat> and the next day he took out two denarii and gave to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend I will repay when I come back. And then Jesus asks this question. He says, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The lawyer said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, You go and do likewise. Lots of questions, lots of, lots of answers. The first question that we see <coughs> right off the bat is in verse 25. The lawyer stands and asks Jesus, What shall I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replies, he says, in a Jesus-like way, ask him another question, right? This is kind of what Jesus does. It's what the creator of the world can do. If you ask him a question, he's going to ask you a question back. We see this uh, time and time again in the Gospels. So he says, well, how do you read the text, you know, what is written in the law? And the man replies and says, You should love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and your mind and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, You've answered correctly. Do this and you will live. We know better. Jesus knew the man's heart, didn't he? The very next question that gets answered or gets asked is, 
Who is my neighbor? That comes from the lawyer. The Bible says he was seeking to justify himself. He asked the question, well, who is, who is my neighbor? So that he might feel better about himself, right? I mean, it is a legitimate question to ask, who is my neighbor? It's necessary to receive eternal life. But instead of answering that question, Jesus kind of goes off script and gives this parable. He doesn't end up in this text specifically answering the question, who is my neighbor, with this parable. If you look at the text, he answers the question, love my neighbor, not who is my neighbor. I think Jesus does answer the question, who is my neighbor, a couple chapters before this. So if you would turn real quick with me to Luke 6, I'm going to read starting in verse 32. If you love those who love you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to get back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the ungrateful and to the evil. Then verse 36 says, Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. That should ring a bell. Be merciful, even as your Father is merciful. Turn back to Luke chapter 10. <coughs> At the very end, there he asks the lawyer, right? He says, which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? And he said, the one who showed him mercy. The one who showed him mercy. So we see this, this theme. Good neighbors show mercy. Be merciful as your father is merciful. Go and do likewise. Go show mercy to your neighbors. But who is your neighbor? That, that was the question that the, the lawyer had, right? Who's your neighbor? It's like, who is my neighbor? Is it my, my next the people who live next door to me? Absolutely. Is it the people I do business with? Yes, most definitely. But I think Luke 6 would even narrow it down even more and say, your neighbors are those most unlike you. Your neighbors are those who make you feel uncomfortable. Your neighbors are those who are your enemies. Right? I mean, the Bible, it says, why do I say that? Because the Bible says that if you do good to those who do good to you, what benefit is that to you? Even sinners do that. Right? So who are your neighbors? Those most unlike us. So those who have money, 
your neighbors are those without money. Those without money, your neighbors are those with money. If you're white, your neighbor is white people. But it's also, and probably more appropriately, those of different colors. If you're different colors, your neighbor is those of different colors, right? <clears throat> those who think differently than you, those who speak a different language than you, Spanish speakers, people who believe different things, Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, Catholics, those are, those are who God is calling us to be our neighbors. It's the way that God uses to draw people of all nations to himself. We are called to be good neighbors to those most unlike us. I see y'all doing that. I see you guys. I see the different ages. I see the different ethnicities in your church. Continue to do that. Let me encourage you in that. It's the way that God draws people to himself through his people showing mercy to those most unlike them, to their neighbors. So I just went to Eastern Asia. You guys are partnering with a missionary there in Eastern Asia, if you're familiar with that. Um, I visited there. I went on behalf of my church as <clears throat> someone who was going to check out his ministry. Um, it's a Muslim nation. It is scary. The people are not like us. They're different. Um, the the culture is different. The people are different. They think differently. It isn't acceptable to to try to share the gospel with someone and 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 show them Jesus in the Bible. It's not acceptable. You get beaten or kicked out of the country or killed for that sort of thing in that country. It's uh, it's different, right? Those people aren't like us. It's uh, it's scary, but it's worth it. And we'll we'll talk more about that in a bit. I want to focus back in on our story here in this parable in Luke ten where Jesus is answering the question that wasn't asked to him. He's just doing his thing, right? How are we to be a good neighbor? The man's like, hey, uh, who is my neighbor? And Jesus sees what he needs to be asking, so he answers the question that he needs to be asking instead of the question that he asks. It's what Jesus does. He does it again in Matthew 19 with the rich young ruler. Remember, the rich young ruler comes to him, he's like, Ask a similar question. Hey, Jesus, how do I get eternal life? Jesus says, do the law. Do not kill. Do not steal. Obey your mother and father. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. I've done those things, Lord. I've done those things. What do I still lack? Jesus, seeing straight into the man's heart, says, Go sell all your possessions and give it to the poor. Remember what happens? The man turns and walks away sadly. 
because the Bible says he had great possessions. So Jesus goes in for the kill, doesn't he? He goes straight for the heart. He does that with this lawyer the same way. He shows him where he hasn't been doing God's law. He hasn't obeyed the Lord. He hasn't loved his neighbor well. There's four men in this story. There's the priest, the Levite, the Samaritan, and the half-dead man. He was a Jew. Uh, the priest would have been a Jewish priest. The Levite would have been of the tribe of Levi. So he would have been Jewish as well. Then you have the Samaritan. Now the Samaritan is interesting because he had Jewish blood in him, but he would have been from the area of Samaria. The area of Samaria. Um, <clears throat> sorry, that threw me off. Uh, so, yeah. so he would have been from Samaria. He would have, um, like I said, had Jewish blood in him. He would have um, mixed with other cultures, had children with other cultures. He would have worshipped other gods. And because of these things, the Jews hated the Samaritans. The Jews hated the Samaritans. And likewise, the Samaritans hated the Jews because the Jews thought that they, they were proud. They thought that they... Worship the only true God, and, and the Samaritans thought otherwise, right? So it, it helps us understand the story a little better when we see the Samaritans as the Bloods and the Jews as the Crips, right? Like that's, that's our cultural uh, connection there the Bloods and the Crips, the Jews and the Samaritans, they hate each other. But this, this Samaritan comes and Serves. He kneels. He bows low for this Jewish man that was that was beat up, bloodied, naked. In this parable, the Samaritan becomes Jesus's example of how to be a good neighbor. Right? You see that coming out. That's Jesus's example. He holds the Samaritan up. The Samaritan shows mercy. Good Samaritan. The, 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 the last question, number four, Jesus asks, he says, Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? The Jew, the Jewish man who was a lawyer, says, because he so dislikes the Samaritans, he doesn't want to say the Samaritan. You see that? He says, what does he say? The one who showed mercy. He said that with a sad heart. The one who showed him mercy. He, he's, he's, he has so much hate, disdain for Samaritans. He just answers with the one who shows mercy. Jesus says, go and do likewise. So I could kind of, you know, wrap it up here and, and walk away and we would all be like, yeah, you know, let's, let's all be good Samaritans. But <clears throat> do not let this parable be your justification for salvation. It's not that easy, right? I mean, the way we read this is we think of ourselves as the good Samaritan, We justify ourselves with this parable like the lawyer was trying to do, you know. 
I don't think Jesus would let us off the hook that easy. He goes in for the kill, right? He, he sees straight to the heart. We live in big houses with thick walls and tall backyard fences with doors that lock and double lock and security systems, right? That's what we do. That's what us Americans do. The Good Samaritan opens his doors. He gets messy with other cultures, with people he doesn't trust, with people that the culture would say, why would you do that? We give money to organizations and churches for tax benefits. The Good Samaritan gives knowing he won't receive anything back. The Good Samaritan even says, hey, I'll, I'm going to go, and when I come back, I'll pay whatever he owes. Not knowing how much it's going to be, right? That's what the Good Samaritan does. <clears throat> we love and we care for those who are in need. We have the means to do that by God's grace. The Good Samaritan cares for those who are least like him. You know, we, we care for those who are convenient for us to care for. The Good Samaritan, he's in, he doesn't mind taking time off from his journey, his vacation, to care for this man who was least like him, to be a good neighbor. So don't let this story be your justification for being a, a good person. I don't want to take anything away from you guys. I, I, I do that we're good at showing mercy, that we're good at caring for people at times. I just don't want you to identify yourself as the good Samaritan in this story, right? If you're going to identify with anybody in this story, let's, let's choose the, the beaten and bloodied Jewish man. Because that, that's who we were. Except we weren't just half dead. The Bible we were dead in our trespasses and sins. The better picture of the Good Samaritan would be Christ himself, right? The one telling the story. Jesus is the one who took a journey from God came to earth he lives perfectly follows God's laws perfectly obeys every command perfectly that wasn't us that was him he was more like the good Samaritan than we were what does he do it's the gospel he comes he lives perfectly he goes to the cross he is beaten spit on, crushed for our iniquity, the Bible says. For our iniquity. He binds up our wounds. He heals our broken hearts. Not just broken hearts from like things that happen in life, but the actual sinful broken hearts that we all have. He heals our broken hearts in a better way than even the Good Samaritan, right? 
And he says, hey, stay there. I will come back. I will pay their debt. And he does. He pays the full debt that we owed. He dies in our place so that we could be the children of God. Trust, believe that, have faith in that. That is the answer to the question, how do we receive eternal life? We trust in one who was better than ourselves, who rescued us, Christ himself. Amen. I could give you examples all day long. I'm wrapping this up here. Um, I could give you examples of how to show mercy all day long. And many of you are good at this. I've seen you do it. <clears throat> but I don't think, and I'm, 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 I'm certain, that just giving clothes and money and shelter to people who are in need is what God is calling us to here. It's not, it's not that easy. It would be, it'd be easy to just give some money and be justified, but it's not what God's calling us to. been challenged by preparing for this. I was challenged being in Asia. Because what I realized was the way that we show mercy primarily is through sharing the gospel. The gospel is the mercy of God. If we do not open our mouths when we give the money, we are not showing mercy. In fact, <clears throat> let me tell you who's better at showing mercy than you guys are and me is the Muslims in Asia. They're extremely devout. When they fast, they fast for 16 hours, I think it is, during the month of Ramadan. That's when we were there. For 30 days, they won't even swallow their spit. They're so religiously devout. They pray five times a day. Part of their, uh, part of the way they get into heaven and be accepted by God is through mercy ministries. They're much better at doing this than we are, I promise you. If your eternal salvation depended on whether or not you showed mercy, you would be much better at it, I think. And that's what they believe and that's what they do. It's the gospel that extends mercy from us. It's, it's having compassion for someone who is broken because of their sin, who doesn't know which way to go, who doesn't know which way to look. But it's us saying, look, <clears throat> Christ has done this. Christ has done this for you, brother. And sure, we should continue to give and, and, and clothe and give food and shelter to others. But primarily, what I want you to hear me, to, hear me saying this morning is, the primary way to show Mercy is to share the gospel. Is it going to be awkward? Yes, it's going to be awkward. I promise you. I've had many awkward conversations about the gospel. It's going to be uncomfortable. 
Are you going to trip and stumble over your words? Absolutely. So, so we do. <clears throat> is it worth obeying Jesus? It is. It's worth obeying. Hey, Stephen, could you play the video, man, if it's, if it's up? I was struck by this video. It really was a launching pad for this sermon, what I'm sharing with you today. It's about three minutes. Listen, look at the words, and meditate on your own heart and how God would be calling you to share the gospel, to show mercy. Are you merciful? Because Jesus healed us. I didn't plan on this word so Jesus all right. fed the multitudes. Because Jesus gave you start that over them. Because Jesus granted sight to the blind. Because Jesus Are you merciful? Because Jesus healed the sick. Because Jesus fed the multitudes. Because Jesus gave legs to the crippled. Because Jesus granted sight to the blind. Because Jesus opened the ears of the deaf. Because Jesus found prostitutes and tax collectors and threw them into the sphere of his love. Because Jesus touched the untouchable and loved the unlovable and forgave the unforgivable and welcomed the undesirable. Because Jesus even now saves the otherwise unsavable. Why? Because they deserve it. And loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of works done in righteousness, not because we met Him halfway, not because we took the proper steps forward and in good faith have elevated ourselves to the place of the deserving poor, but according to His mercy. We are here because Jesus Christ didn't say with cold indifference, give them what they deserve, they brought it on themselves. Jesus Christ is the mercy of God. And seeing us in our misery and need, He doesn't just feel for us. He takes a necessary action to relieve our distress. the eternal glory of heaven and the perfect fellowship of the truth. He condescends to us, lives among us, suffers like us, dies for us. Do you understand this? Have you experienced this? How then is it possible to experience it if you not display it? It isn't possible. You haven't experienced it if you don't display it. The evidence of God's mercy in your life isn't determined by how much theology you know, by how many books you read, but by your active goodness to people in misery and in need. Thanks for that. That video challenges me challenges me because I'm not good at sharing the gospel when we were in 
Eastern Asia shared the gospel four times. <clears throat> that is, may not seem like a lot to you, but it, it is um, incredibly difficult to share the gospel in a closed country like that. I was challenged by the missionary there. His name is Chris. Chris wakes up every morning. He prays for opportunity to share the gospel with people. I'm so glad that you're partnering with Chris. He needs your prayers. Hear me. He needs your prayers. He needs your support. He doesn't want your money. He doesn't need any money. Ask him if he wants money. He'll say, no, I don't, I don't need money. I need prayer. Why? Because he wants to see someone come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He wants to see someone hear the gospel and believe. There's zero Christians where he lives. He wakes up every morning looking for the opportunity to share the gospel. I'm challenged by that. Like, I'm here in America where everybody speaks my language, where I know the culture, where I'm not going to get beaten. And I haven't even shared the gospel four times this year before. I went to Malaysia. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say the name of the country, so erase that. Challenged by that. Challenged by people like Chris. Challenged by people like LG Cottle. You know, say what you want about LG. As he aged and matured, in Christ, he could not help but to share the mercy that he received in Christ with others. Right? He was in your congregation. He loved Jesus. I know that to be true. I, I grew up around him. And I experienced his love for the Lord. Challenged by that. Listen, the good news today is that the same thing that God asks you to, to do, to share, to show mercy by sharing the gospel, is the same thing that enables God or that God uses to forgive you when you haven't. And so it's not like you're condemned because you haven't shared the gospel, right? Because of the gospel, you're not condemned because you haven't shared the gospel. You're not condemned for not being a good neighbor by showing mercy because of the gospel. It's ridiculous, ain't it? It's stinking ridiculous.
God will give you the grace to do this. He will give you the grace to say the hard things and to be in the uncomfortable, uncomfortable situations. Ask the Lord to help you taste the mercy that he's given you in Christ. And because of that, your heart will, will overflow. You won't be able to stop. You won't be able not to tell others of what he has done in your life. That's my own testimony. Let's pray. Lord, I love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your kindness towards us in Christ. God, you deserve all the glory in the universe. You deserve our worship. You deserve our hearts. God, would you forgive us for not living like this? Would you forgive us for keeping the most spectacular news in all the world to ourselves? For keeping it hidden right here within us? God, I pray that you would move us. I pray that you would allow us to experience your love and your grace like never before. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to, to open our mouths. God, grow this church. I pray that you would reach Lovington through this church. It would be a miracle for you to do that. But we know that that's your business. God, would you do that? We love you in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and have a time of uh, response. Caden, um, I would, if you uh, wouldn't mind just hanging out up here at the front, and if someone needs to pray with you, would you be all right with that? Take it all, take it all.